right, we're back for part two. Happy Friday. <laughs> we're losing it. <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah, we're going to, as you guys know, we have Anthony on. Um, we're continuing for part one. So if you missed part one, go check that out first because... This won't make any sense. Actually, I'm sure yeah, it will. Well, it might make a little bit of sense. You want the complete experience, which is in part one. Yes, you need you need both parts. Let's just be honest. Everybody needs both parts in their life. Um, so check out part one. Come back. If you've already listened to part one, let's go ahead and dive into part two and pick more of Anthony's brain. So let's do go. it. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken and Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. Do you guys work with like any like trainers or any of that kind of stuff, like behavioral trainers with dogs or animals, if you guys are having such a hard issue? So uh, if we do get to that route, I know uh, some of the dogs, even the dog that I discontinued with the treadmill has a trainer and it just it doesn't work yeah, out. I mean. um, but most, most of the times it will, it just, it just doesn't work out. Like some just cannot rationalize what's going on. And I get it, right? I get it. Nobody's telling you what's about to happen. You know, now you're almost put in a crate sized, uh, you know, a huge crate sized box and water's filling up. Like, where's this water coming from? What? Uh, now coming? the ground's moving? Like, what the hell? I like, I still like so I get it. I get it. <laughs> but you guys don't yeah, like it. Exactly. You guys don't like employ any trainers. Like, your clinic no, doesn't uh, have I mean, it's just... I, I, look, I look for them. Uh, sometimes, you know, they're doing their own thing or they have their own business where they're not always uh, sustainable to employ. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, if you're a dog trainer, that's a plus. If you're, uh, you know, a vet tech, that's a plus, right? Uh, you know, um, having that knowledge is, is super helpful. Um, but when I, I actually acquired the business, so I've been about eight months uh, of taking over that business and totally restructured it. But I had some staff that came along with the acquisition. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, she started out bringing her dog, one of my rehab techs, and she's been doing She's a rehab tech for 11 years and she's got no certifications or anything like that, but she is Knowledge. like my go-to person. Like I could walk away and she could run the whole facility for the day if I needed to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like she could manage it. Um, uh, as well as like the, the vet incorporation uh, that also came along with the business as well. But you know, that one rehab tech, she's got no dog training, no nothing. She was just in it for so long that she, even to this day, I trust her with bouncing ideas off of me. She's like, well, you know, we should probably try this. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that sounds like right. a good like, Let's do it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Experience like, sometimes better that's, than that's a great <laughs> thousand percent. And that goes with, you know, just, uh, you know, professions in general, mm-hmm. right? Just because mm-hmm. we went to school doesn't mean we're the best PTAs out there, right? No, mm-hmm. we've got to learn some stuff. <laughs> we got to learn some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we got to be in the field. Books, uh, Ken's saying, <laughs> he loves to always say, is bodies don't read books. And I'm sure that goes same for canines. And so, yeah. you know, we could be as knowledgeable as possible, but until you're in the field and you, you start working on things and you start to get it, like, yeah. It's the experience is Yeah, it's completely so, different. And even, it, and even that, the downfall with us PTs and PTAs going into the, the vet rehab world is that none of the continuing educational stuff goes towards our license. So we're doing it all just to know. It's like you we're answered my there's... questions I already have in my brain because I was like... that was going to come up. <laughs> 
it, it's like altruism for real because we're not getting any benefit but the knowledge mm -hmm. right like there's there's no credits that we get to submit okay great this is 10 credits boop like you know it's uh no for right now even though the apta does have a special interest group uh for animal physical therapy there's uh, that's all there that's is pretty there's much no, as far as it goes within the apta right now yeah it doesn't go any further than that with any you know credits going towards our licenses or anything like that so now have um, you met some yeah, that like to do both where they like to keep their feet in both like do animal and human um for the most part it's a full transition okay. i i don't think i've met anybody doing half and half that was my thought as well um because it just seemed cool yeah. to keep with both species both. but um animals are more fun so it was an easy decision <laughs> it was an easy decision and honestly like i said you learn more in the field the only way i was really going to be a good you know animal rehabilitation uh therapist was just go for it going full tilt in, into it and just trying to help these pups for sure yeah. and how many pups do you have uh, oh, at home, oh, I just have one. Okay. Uh, just have uh, a 13-year-old cockapoo with, you know, uh, repaired CCLs and still making it, you know. She's still uh, very energetic? So he, Miles, um, uh, he he is, uh, you know, he could be more <laughs> energetic. Uh, he he, he you knows know, the always... fishing line. He's like, I gotta get it. Yeah, he, <laughs> he definitely, well, he's pampered. He's pampered for sure That's by, nice. you know, my wife and by my wife and kids and uh yeah you know i work on them when i can it's almost like you know if when you're married to a pt or pta you know you get home and that's the last thing you've I got your do. last you've got your last patient for yeah. the day even though <laughs> you saw your last patient for the day or you're like i um, can't deal with you today <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of times i'll bring the equipment home like the laser and shockwave and i'll do some manual therapy on them and stuff like that and uh it usually holds over for for another week so i get to basically just treat him weekly and uh, he holds over do you ever well, you can definitely see do you ever that? take him into the office because i feel like that would be kind oh yeah of beneficial. no of course of like Hey, of course, to work with he, me today. <laughs> like, he gets he gets the, he gets the splash in the uh, treadmill as well for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be like, you're a great distraction. Come with me because I know some dogs. Like my dog also does better if he sees another dog do it first. In a way. Oh yeah, no, no, my dog is human human bias only. He hates other dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we brought him. We brought him to a dog park, and he would rather go jump up on a bench, sit next to you, than play with the rest of the dogs running around. It's half and half. Thousand percent. We'll go to a human stranger rather than no, play with dog. the other dogs. So, yeah. what do you do with, do. with, with dogs so, like that in the in the clinic that don't do well with other dogs? Do you have to keep them isolated? So yeah, we we have. Uh, basically plans set in place where uh we have segregated rooms um especially if dogs are reactive to other dogs or if dogs are reactive to males um mm -hmm. because there's mm -hmm. actually not a lot of males in in this whole kind of sector and uh from what i've seen dogs are more receptive to females than they are males uh but with that being said you know we always ask initially before they come in uh what are they reactive to dogs people this that and we do have muzzles if we have to. Um, but, yeah, we don't turn a dog away unless it is so aggressive that we just we can absolutely do nothing for them. It's uh, almost so like your whether, safety first in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So well, we try the muzzle first. That usually works nine times out of ten. And, you know, 
they just they're they're a little energetic and like kind of standoffish at first but you again routine and repetition tends to you know bring down their their attitude a little uh, bit. somehow my as... duck broke out of the muzzle as far as like uh them. like waivers like waivers <laughs> for the muzzle waivers for like your safety the dog safety yeah so we have you know when they do the intake forms we have a lot of stuff there in place liability wise and whatnot and if you know a dog bites our staff member and this or that like our agenda is never to put down a dog mm-hmm. so even if a bite does happen that's that's not gonna be the one and done type whatsoever. thing yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no not i hate that not at all. personally but um and i've even had uh you know i've had people say like my dog might need a muzzle with you guys and sometimes you know only my part i'm i'm the daring guy that i say well you know what just bring him in let's see if he really needs a muzzle mm-hmm. because you know why not yeah, let's, let's why, why not make it fun <laughs> sometimes it works out great sometimes you're like oh crap <laughs> but in fact more times than not it's it's more about respecting the dog okay. and his territory right so or his body i should say or her body um and yeah this guy you know medial uh shoulder instability and is very tender around there and i was able to treat this dog without any muzzle because sometimes it's all about your approach right um now i get closer to that that shoulder where it's really unstable and kind of painful hey he smiles at me (laughs) you see the open little like let's not do that (laughs) so i respect it but i also have the pet parent there too so right so i have the pet parent there kind of distracting him a little bit i get what i can out of the dog it's always a give and take and you take what they give and vice versa right so you do what you can and that's just in any you know treatment right Mm -hmm. so you know i really kind of feel out the dog we have the muzzle ready uh obviously like i said we have the pet parent there it's just again it's more about your approach you don't come at the dog standing tall you don't come at it face on you don't look at it in the eyes right immediately i come down i lower myself you know and just doing that just to see him or see her watch me do that is something of a behavioral reaction kind of uh bias there too so if he's so he's looking and he's still kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever, dude. Um, you know, I, I kind of creep up. But again, I'm not even looking at him. I'm talking to his pet parent, right? So we're just, we're talking. We're, I'm doing these yawns and these kind of non-threatening gestures to make him feel comfortable. But, you know, as I creep closer and closer and he's still showing teeth and being very standoffish and I just can't get within two feet of him. Yeah, all right. We tried, throw the muzzle on. And, you know, still control your dog's head and then we'll, we'll go to treatment. Like, there's no turning away because they, they're they reactive to me or another animal. And we have gates and closures so that no dog bumps into each other. Um, and the way kind of my setup is, is where, you know, the, there's treatment room on one side where the laser, the manual therapy, the shockwave, all that stuff happens on one side. And I have a whole gym and underwater treadmill on another side, right? So while somebody's doing an exercise, they're totally segregated in a different part of a building than treatment's going on. So they really shouldn't even bump into each other, right? Mm-hmm. We have a separate exit that you can leave too, so there's no way. Um, now there's times where, you know, we've had people come late and we had to do kind of the circus little run around, and, but that's where the gates come in, where we can section off and close off so that the dogs can't really make come in contact with each other so yeah there's always precautions uh set in place and sectioning and and gates and stuff like that where we can move move the dogs safely even if they're around each other or other people that they're reactive to 
have you like, ever had yeah, oh sorry oh, okay i was about to say do you <laughs> ever have uh, like for example we used to have a dog who she would get really anxious when she would leave our other dog so like do you ever have mm. them almost bring like they're like if you if the pa- parent knows and you come and they're just so anxious because of almost separation anxiety going on do you ever have them kind of bring the other one with them um that kind of stuff or no nah, not so much it's not something you run into so um more times than not it's more anxiety separation with the pet parents mm-hmm. not so much the uh the canine sibling or whatever yeah. um Sometimes they do bring the other dog, but they let the other dog stay in the car. And there's two pet parents, so one stays in the car with the other yeah. dog. One comes in. I'm like, okay, whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, we've never had to bring in another dog uh, because of separation anxiety yet. Anyway, so I'm sure they exist. We just never had to. Yeah, I'm gonna... like, my, we used to have a dog that kind of was separation anxiety, but I was like, I don't think she'd get to that point. But I was like, I don't know if there's worse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to go with, uh, so like humans sometimes like have preferences on who they work with, uh, especially if you're an outpatient clinic, <laughs> like, oh, I want to be with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that situation you had with um, that canine, is there certain ones that are like, okay, this canine can only be with me or can only be with this person because you've built that trust and you don't want to restart that process with another therapist. Now it's like, okay, let's just stay with this person. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Uh, for the most part, we try to have all therapists put hands on canines okay. because obviously um, not every therapist no, or not that one therapist will be there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I mean, just in the human world, uh, it translates into the canine world where pet owners like certain therapists as well. <laughs> so it's not always the dog's mm. call. It's sometimes <laughs> the pet owners where they say, oh, you know, X did really great treatment. I really like them, and Y was okay, but I really like X. So um, <laughs> I really like a way we can. X. Yeah, if we could Don't really stay X. with, if we could really stay with X, that would be much appreciated, right? And mm-hmm. then uh, we try our best, and then we let them know, like, oh, this week X won't be around. Y is going to be around. They're like, okay, okay, we can still do it. Gonna... <laughs> but oh, yeah, no, I would say for the for the most part. Uh, not just providers, but all my staff, I try to really expose to every canine as much as possible anyway, okay. so that they kind of get a gist of everybody there. Because, again, one person is always going to be there, not that mm-hmm. one person. So, no, But, yeah, it, I've never I've never had to cater to the schedule because of a canine uh, partialness. That's what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it feels like um, it almost lines up with peds where they're like, the patient's yeah, actually yeah, kinda... not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, much yeah. Like, it's... it's the parents you get annoyed by Correct. Sometimes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, and, and not to say that canines and peds are, are the same, but uh, they're actually very relevant to each other in that sense. Yeah. No, um, honestly, um, I've, I've worked around um, some peds. I did some supervision, more in a skilled nursing facility. So unfortunately, most of the kids were awarded to state in the place I was yeah. in. But there was a couple mm-hmm. parents around, and um, based off of just kind of how you talk about the treatments, it does remind me a lot like Pete's because of the fact that when you're working with younger children, they're not best at communicating. They don't really listen mm-hmm. very well, and it's it's kind of the same way with an animal um, in some aspects of just like how I feel like some of that can translate over to each other in that mm-hmm. kind of way. So like 
I don't know, maybe one of the things that might, if you have to take your CEUs, you could do behavioral assessment of peds right. or distractions or something like that. that might... Still, I mean, I use, uh, yeah. there's there's a great there's a great online platform for uh, vet rehab uh, called onlinepethealth.com. Even if you guys were interested in rehab, you guys should take a look at it. It's really cool. Um, they have, I mean, a bottomless pit of knowledge from neurological to orthopedic to everything. Awesome. So it's really wow. cool. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, none of their stuff, like I said, goes towards our license. But if you're... <laughs> I feel annoyed for you on that. Like, I'm not even in this field and I'm annoyed. <laughs> it's tough. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still keeping my license up to date by going to these human, you know, courses. But, but they're uh, not really translation. That's why I'm like, I feel like if yeah. you're all like... For the most part, life. they're not really translatable. But, like, you know, you're still doing with your your neuro patients and your back patients and stuff like that you still are doing some sort of pa mode but it's nothing like you would do on a human yeah so like i said we're way more gentle on the canines because you can be or you don't you don't need to be as aggressive but yeah i mean you're still using some techniques in a sense uh it's just it's it's very different yeah it's very curious you talk about some techniques have you ever tried taping a dog yes actually and so um so uh i i still see this canine he is the italian greyhound and uh both of his knees were repaired as well because his patellas kept uh luxating so mm-hmm. they do surgical corrections where they increase the groove that's supposed to catch your uh catch their patella so afterwards, he got both of them done at the same time, which was a lot of fun. Um, but afterwards, <laughs> afterwards, we had really big trouble with his his right leg. His left leg was down, working working great, but his right leg was just it was tucked up in a way, and he didn't want to place it. So I'm trying everything underneath the sun with you know manual techniques. Um, with the massage and the stretching, I'm doing laser, I'm doing, you know, I'm even using massage gun at this point, right? I use a small little massage gun that's not as abrasive as like a Theragun, but still is super effective on canines. And I'm doing everything and I'm trying to place him, you know, I'm trying to uh, actually active assist his walking in the underwater treadmill. I'm just doing everything underneath the sun. And I'm like, all right, I got to figure something out. So the next step was I actually did some scraping. Mm-hmm. So okay. I did some factor. Yeah, yeah. I did some factor and I got release, right? So it was really cool. And, you know, we were able to get him to place a little bit. And then the next time, you know, it was always just temporary. So I was like, so why don't I scrape and tape instead to get that to stay longer? So that's what I wound up doing. I was doing factor on the uh, the right quad and it was finally releasing and going straight. And then I had the tape to help facilitate that for a longer term. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was my, it's been my first and only canine that I really needed to do it for. It worked out only because Italian greyhounds are very short haired. So, um, it could stick, it's, it could stick better. It does, yeah. didn't always, cause still the dog oils are just so different so, from ours um, that sometimes, sometimes the anchors would just, they would just peel up and it, it just didn't always work. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, for the longer haired dogs, you gotta you gotta shave you just them have hair. if you really want to. <laughs> yeah, you're like manipulating hair growth instead of <laughs> exactly. Um, They're like, why is the hair so, so much longer than this but, <laughs> but yeah, to your question, uh, I did, and it worked. It worked out pretty well. It That's was just cool. it was the perfect storm of you know dog length 
uh, like hair length and everything like that. Yeah, and yeah, now he's running again, and uh, we finally got him back in the underwater treadmill because that was a whole thing too, where he just would use the buoyancy to keep his leg up. <laughs> he was like, "Jokes on you guys! Yep, I right. don't have to work." <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. But you know, we did a lot of, like I said, those techniques. We got him on a land treadmill first before we got him back into the water treadmill. And the land treadmill, it only maxes out to like seven miles per hour, and these guys can run twenty plus. Mm-hmm. So and when it came to seven miles per hour, it was actually, it was adverse to him because he didn't want to do a fast trot anymore. He wanted to run, but he couldn't run because it wasn't fast enough for him. So that's when we finally decided to put him back in the underwater treadmill where we could still increase the speed. But now that he's in water, we don't have to go as high as seven because the resistance of the water is what's actually helping him gain more muscle and strength and everything like that. So Do you ever just put them on a normal treadmill? Like... I just think of it because we taught our dog to walk on the treadmill. <laughs> we, um, the land treadmill has always been secondary um, or, you know, to use it when the dog doesn't use the underwater treadmill. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah, no, we, our protocol is always underwater treadmill first because we, yeah. we like to unload and strengthen first and then and then reload with that newfound strength and that stability that we've given them and, and now we have them going through obstacle courses or in stability yeah, challenges stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't That's... sure just with those faster running dogs because those land treadmills can go at usually the higher speeds. At. Totally, but you'd be surprised. We can go pretty high with the underwater treadmill as well, but that water, awesome. as, buoyant, as buoyant as it is, it's pretty resistive. You try to walk fast through water and... It I'm changes. Sure be exhausted. <laughs> yeah. You're talking to an old swimmer here, so like I get it. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I was a competitive swimmer, so I was like... My favorite is always when people used to make fun of aqua robots. I'm like, you get in and do it. Yeah, Watch exactly. Them, like, Holy crap! And I'm like, yeah, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, but there's there's easy. benefits of both of, of water. Yeah, it's easy on your joints, but resistively, it's not easy. Yeah, it's a workout. But I know we're kind of at like the mark of two episodes, yeah, pretty uh, much at this time. Um, and I still have so many questions. Goes. We, you I can keep here. asking, so it's I up to like, you. Yeah, you doing good on time? Or? Yeah, I was about to say, I wanted to respect your time and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, I too. told you, I blocked out a good chunk. Probably have maybe till 5 o'clock my time, which I think is 2 o'clock your time. Okay. Okay. I might have to go a little earlier than that because uh, yeah, no, that's fine. Whatever. That's yeah. Uh, I ch- I blocked out two hours just in case. So, um, for the breeds, is there like certain um, things you see in the same breed? Like, oh, this is a German Shepherd, so these are ways you want yeah. to approach it, or this is a so Yorkie. Funny, funny you, funny you say <laughs> that. Yes, German Shepherds are the front runners for uh, DM cases that we see. DM is degenerative myelopathy, where Unfortunately, out of nowhere, it's almost like ALS. Their their hindquarters just start to go. Um, it's neurological, and there's no cure for it. But with rehab, we've seen great success in slowing it down tremendously. Okay, you know, That's awesome. um, there's an eventuality. It still happens, unfortunately, yeah. but they they get a longer lifespan, a better quality of life. Um, so yeah, German shepherds are like the golden standard for that with just that and hip issues in general. It's just the way they're structured. I think there's just so much cause they carry a little lower sometimes the, uh, the shepherds, um, on their hips. So I just think they're just so prone to back end, uh, stuff that, you know, rehab can actually help out a lot with. 
I feel like um, labs, just owning previously a lab, I feel like you get a lot of hip issues with labs too. Is so the thing, the other thing is, uh, and especially what my facility does, is we actually try to cater towards the senior dog. Because the senior dog, out of all this rehab that I've been in for about a couple of years, they've seemed to be like the underserved kind of mm -hmm. demographic in that sense because a lot of vets will do rest in remedil and say this is what happens when dogs get when old get old yeah which is not the case because as we all know movement is the medicine right so if you're just drugging them up and letting them rest you're actually okay they feel better but that doesn't mean the problem is being addressed mm -hmm. right it's actually or their life they, is not being better Correct, right? Better, so yeah. what's happening is, yeah, they feel better, but they're still kind of decaying. That OA is still really, you know, going all over the place. And we have the modalities and, you know, the exercises to kind of dampen what the OA is doing. So, um, yeah, we do a whole senior dog conditioning program where we get these dogs, you know, we get great results where owners are saying like, holy crap, this dog is two years younger. You know what I mean? Like they're moving. Awesome. They want to go play yeah. with their other dog. You know what I mean? I have, if you guys check out, uh, I don't know if the story's still up, but I, I just had a blind Siberian Husky uh, senior dog that has hip issues. And now he's, you know, when it snowed here, he was out with his, his uh, sibling, a black lab, like running around and playing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, running out, around and, yeah. but, but running <laughs> around and playing. It. So that was the other thing. It's like, you know, it's those little moments where the pet parents are now just shooting it up on social media that they would never know that this dog is blind and has hip issues. You know, the yeah. dog is just running around having fun. It's so, like it's like a whole new little animal you get again, which is Yeah. Is so nice. and again, the, the, the goal for us is always quality of life. And if we can mm -hmm. give them, you know, a couple of years instead of, you know, them fading away at 13, maybe they'll live till 15, who knows, 17. I mean, it's, it's just us trying to help them move. That's the goal. Yeah, benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think so. that transitions a lot from what your just your PTA background and rehab in general, because that's yeah. our goal. It's kind of our overall goal is just well, getting moving and your quality of life. It's about your the therapeutic exercises it's evidence-based right like those are what actually keep you or get you better and keep you out of pt if you kept up with those you know you would never have to go back to pt for at least the same problem right you know yep. so that's the goal. um that's always the goal the movement is the medicine and you know for us it's the same with these senior dogs that are just getting pain meds and you know this is it you know this yep. is how they go so it's not true and uh you know, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of evidence-based uh, stuff out there for the canines yet. So, yeah, hopefully, and hopefully, hopefully as change. this grows, it's changing. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we've just in general, you look back of like how pets were treated, you know, even a hundred years ago versus now. It's it's so dramatically totally. different. And yeah, I was just talking think, to a pet owner about this: how dogs were dogs, right? And they were put yeah. into a doghouse, and and it was outside, like they were never even allowed inside for the most part, right? Um, they were on chains and in dog houses. Now they're they're allowed inside. Now they're allowed in bed. Now they have their own. They're taking my bed over. Now they have, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you're yeah, sleeping on the floor room, and they right? have your bed. I'm pretty you sure he, I was about to say, I think our, my dog thinks it's his house and we just live in totally. his house. And, you know, that's like I said earlier before, like now dogs are getting massages. Now, you know what I mean? So now dogs, there's spa resorts for dogs and stuff like that. So, yes, uh, the culture has definitely changed. 
and more people are prone to take care of their dogs than themselves. And listen, I mean, the dogs do need that, that care as well, because the quality of life really declines if they stop moving. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I just think back of like, you talk about dog massages. Now I want to know if you did this prior to even going into animal rehab and Ken, if you're guilty of this too, do you ever just sit down <laughs> with your dog and as you're petting them, you start to massage them naturally. You're like, okay, yeah. Oh yeah. feel that fiber going now. I do it with my dog now. And I'm like, and he'll just sit there too. Like he's like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would say yes. I'm definitely guilty of that. Even prior to canine rehab, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, as a practitioner would got really gung ho about, you know, these vibration percussion, uh, massage guns, right? The, mm -hmm. the Theraguns, the hypervolts, all that stuff. So I was using it on me and it felt great. And I, I introduced it to my practice and like that, it just took off. We, we started off with one, then we had two, and then, you know, only a few <laughs> practitioners were using it, then every practitioner was using it, and but we were getting good results. And then, um, but prior to that, like I was using it on myself, and I'm like, huh, let me try it on my pup. And, <laughs> you know, at first he's like, at first he's like, what the hell? What are you doing? What are you doing? What is that? Um, but then eventually he goes like belly up. And he's like, he's like, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, hit, hit me with your best shot. Bring over the hypervolt. Um, and yeah, and yeah. So, bring it. the next thing you know, you you turn around, he's got it in his mouth. Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, totally. I, need a, I need a session real quick. <laughs> no, totally. They they can nudge you. Like if you're working on yourself yeah. with a gun, they'll nudge you and be like, hey, is it my turn now, or like what's going on over there? Let's, let's go. <laughs> you gonna you share? Or? Yeah. Yourself. yeah exactly. Ken, have you done it? I haven't have tried the, the Theragun now. But no, but have you massaged right <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Aww. He goes, I feel like you guys are talking about me. Right. Um, yeah, that's Ken's... Uh, this is my little... Special, special dog. Little Dunkin' Donut. <laughs> He's a cutie. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, so man. piggybacking off of certain breeds, and we talked about German Shepherds, but we had... You know, Frenchies and, and things like that. Also, uh, dachshunds, you know, they're very prone to back problems. And IVDD, which is intervertebral disc disorder, which is basically, you know, bulging discs, hernias, stuff like that. Um, they're just so prone because of, you know, how they move their, their body types, right? The dachshunds are just so long with little feet. And then they go jumping off of something. And just the way they impact, it just pops right out. And they yeah, actually like, get... Bye. Yeah, no, they get in extreme pain and they mm -hmm. they can even go into paralysis in their hindquarters. Um, but I've heard uh, of that too, where they're just people have literally said, "Hey, my dog jumped," and then all of a sudden they just stopped moving, like it just they couldn't move their back yeah, legs or something like that. Totally. Like, so, um, like now you talking about it makes sense of like why. Yeah, that and I mean actually. we have the tools to kind of bring them back, which is really fun too, right? Like you have a dog mm -hmm. walking in with just two limbs, like its front limbs, and you know eventually. It, I mean, you know walks out on all four like nothing ever happened do they so. ever like when you kind of like get it fixed do they ever like realize they're like kind of almost give you so much love and afterwards like yeah that was it that was it that you know so much. Like, I, I have to say sometimes it takes like a couple sessions but i have to say most of the dogs after we give them that feel good are like just lapping up our faces and uh, they're like you can come home with me yeah yeah some, <laughs> some, some, sometimes we gotta to be you. like we gotta be like all right i need my space back i need my space back but um <laughs> yeah for the most part i think the really fun signs of thing is when you when you have a dog that comes in in pain and can't move and then you know after a few sessions the owner's telling us oh man when we pulled up barking and so excited wanted to get out of the car and like run in 
And we do. We do have some dogs that just try to run in no matter if they have a fully blown ACL in their knee, which is like obviously You're not like, the case what? what we want. <laughs> what we want. Like I have to like give commands and even then, you know, some of these dogs are like their own worst enemy. But they like they run to the underwater treadmill, like, okay, let's go. Like let's let's go have some fun. Like to them, it's a feel good slash playground. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of place for them. So yeah, like I could see how that that could turn into uh, like as they start to feel better, they'll like associate it with you know rehab and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Of like, hey, okay, I actually feel better when I leave here. Um, right. You know, we might verbally not hear that, but I feel like there's other ways that. Dogs yeah, there, definitely there's definitely signs up. if they approach you more. Like I had, like I mentioned, a rescue that was super skittish and hides behind her owner. You know, I think we're about four sessions in. And we're at the point where she's she's walking right in. Um, she's no longer hiding. Uh, she has given me a few kisses. We're not fully there yet, but she has given me like a few kisses. She's like, okay. And she's still a little yeah. reserved. Like she still kind of goes back a little bit. Like when I grab the shockwave or the laser or anything like that. And she still kind of posts up against her her owner sometimes. But then, you know, she'll lay down and she'll stay down and this and that. Like she's no longer running away. So she's definitely more trusting. And, well, that's uh, a win. Yeah, exactly. A thousand percent. Especially when it comes <laughs> yeah, to the dogs that way. don't want to be anywhere near you. <laughs> yeah, you know? you're like, I'll take that. So, yeah. You haven't tried to dart out the other yeah. way. And she's, and she's the life. one. She's one that, like I said, she's a rescue. She's been through a lot. And then she also, once the owner got her, uh, they had to do a hip replacement. So that was oh, interesting wow. as well. So, she, oh, so it was like a lot of change all at once she's, for her. Yeah, she's a total hip replacement. And unfortunately, that surgeon didn't even say to do physical therapy afterwards. They said it was not needed, which is crazy, right? You mm-hmm. get an artificial joint put inside of you and imagine somebody saying, yeah, walk it out. Just take some increments and walk. You're going to be great. You'll be fine eventually. You'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, so, how, many, how many times have we seen that actually in the past with hip replacements on humans? Oh, totally. They're like, oh, my first doctor, like the older ones are like, my first doctor never told me to do physical yep. therapy. I wish I would have known about this from the get-go. Oh, yeah. like, thousand percent. I agree. Uh, we we, we <laughs> get that on. Like, we get that a little too often, actually, when we have the pet parents come in like, why wasn't this recommended earlier? Ah, I can't give you an answer. Question. Can't give you an answer, unfortunately. So. Uh, speaking of like those surgeons and stuff, because you own the practice, right? Yeah. Uh, as far as like marketing to the surgeons, the vets, like how does that interaction go? Um, so it was definitely a learning process for me because I was new to the game and new to just even a, a business owner, not just you know, canine rehab, but also a business owner and how to run things, how to market things and this and that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I wound up learning, uh, through trial and error and then also finding a mentor, um, how to branch myself out, you know, creating that, you know, regular marketing material, but then going out and going to the vet hospitals, introducing myself and then, you know, going over how canine rehab really works, you know, um, you know, and, they might know about canine rehab, but do they really know about canine rehab? So that's where like the education came through. And a lot of it most times paid off where, you know, they had plenty of candidates that could have used this and they refer. Um, And a lot of times too, even local places were like, we didn't really know you existed. And I'm like, how is that possible? You know what I mean? Um, You're like, well, I do. Well, and I do now. now. So we now you know. <laughs> but again, again, I acquired this business and I'm only eight months in it. This business that I acquired was there for 
15 years. And oh, wow. some, some local places knew about it and some local places didn't. And it's just, it's, it's very ironic to, to know that even if you've been doing it for a while, um, there's still, if you're not you're still going there, growing. yeah, if you're not going there and you're not telling them or creating that awareness, cause that's basically what I have to do. I'm going, you know, door to door to each of these vet hospitals and creating the awareness that, you know, we exist. This is what canine rehab does. This is how it works. Here are, you know, success stories and, um, you know, we can help you we can help your patients. Um, and yeah, and more times than not, even the skeptical ones are like, you know, they take a little longer, but all of a sudden I got a referral from them. I was like, this is great. Good for them. You know? So yeah, it's always nice it to see sounds that. a lot. Yeah. Having a little background a in marketing. Like you go to a, like a certain doc or something, you see the referral come in. You're like, Hey, yeah, like why? Thank you. I did that. Now, don't get me wrong; it's, it's double sided. Where I, like I had a great, you know, lunch and learn with them, and then I was like, just week after week, like, huh? I wonder why they haven't referred yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like everybody was super like, oh, <laughs> you thought this you is had great. it. Yeah. you, my yeah. dog needs it, and this and that, and I'm just like weeks go by, and I'm like, huh. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, like those visits that you thought went yeah, great, and then, and, they, and, then, like you're, and then like I and, said, the ones that are like, ah, oh, we have. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you got you a referral, referral, and it's like it's pretty it makes cool. No sense. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, well, I know as far as time, we're kind of getting up there. I have just one more question. Uh, sure. I know Laura has to get to the airport as well. Uh, <laughs> as far as insurance goes, oh, um, do you do cash pay? I have True Panion personally, but like, mm-hmm. do you guys accept insurance? Is that not really a thing? I have farmers, I think. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> good, good question. And what I would say is that a canine rehab right now is technically a cash business if you want to say that so what that means is yes your insurance still covers it but you still have to pay up front and then i give you an invoice and you get reimbursed uh by yourself you either send a pdf to them that we've given you um and they cover whatever they cover some do 70 percent, some do 90 percent. it really just depends on the insurance um but okay. for us we never have to worry about insurance we actually encourage you guys, uh, pet owners, to get insurance because uh, I hate to say it nowadays, uh, canine rehab and the need for it is just ever growing. So if you get a puppy, get insurance um, because you never know. I say left a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You never know with just general practice with surgeries and stuff like that. But more, unfortunately, more pups are getting hurt. And more pups do need rehab and it's covered for yeah. the most part. So why not just have it anyway? Right, and, and like that's how pet. I found myself getting insurance. Correct. Yeah. If he broke his leg, I'm like, mm, I should probably insure this. Yeah. I told you to get it. <laughs> well, he was still my sister's dog at the but time. Yeah, so I got so insurance as soon it. as she gave me. Him, so. Yeah, no, well, like we've got it. We got it years ago for uh, when we got our dog because my husband's work offered it before it really even became a thing. And um, I was like, dude, our dog is big. He runs hard. He cuts hard he can blow out like i know he'll there's a chance he could blow out his knee the way he plays Mm -hmm. and so i was like i'd rather just have it than not it was super cheap well and with ours is if the vet recommends it mm -hmm. anything the vet recommends as long as the vet recommends it they'll cover it up once we meet our 250 dollar deductible then they cover 90 percent of it yeah sounds sounds about right for us it would exactly if the vet recommended 
rehab, like they would cover, vet recommends a specific food, they'll cover even up to 90% of the food. Yeah. Things like that. And, which is, and more, time, more times than not, most of our patients are vet referrals. But like I said, what we yeah. do to kind of piggyback off of that, so say if somebody just does call, uh, we do try to say, well, if you have the time prior to us, you know, definitely talk to your vet and see if you're a good candidate. If not, we'll do the eval, send it off, and and just concur with the um, with the vet themselves, getting a verbal kind of referral yeah. and saying, yes, they're they're a good candidate, and then we can proceed with yeah. with treatments and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I feel like it's a lot of the same in just healthcare in general, whether it's human or animal. It's kind of one of those things where, like, if you ask for it for a certain extent, where they're just like, well. Yeah, it's coming out of your pocket. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's going to be beneficial anyways. They're usually going to say yes to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and honestly, yeah. I, I could tell you that uh, Miles, my dog, who technically wasn't initially my dog, he was already three years old when I met my wife. But, you know, she never got it. She never thought she needed it. Um, blew out both of his knees. That was a hefty price tag because we did not have insurance. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, learn from other people's mistakes. That's all I can tell you. Like nobody ever thought he was going to blow out both of his knees. He was a healthy, you know, nine-year-old, 10-year-old at that time running laps and doing this. And he, it was literally just like an ACL. It was a non-contact injury where he stepped wrong and I saw him bounce sideways. And I was like, oh, no. and he came (laughs) running back up the hill but it was with a limp and i was like great something definitely just happened because i've never seen him bounce sideways before like that and i don't think he even knew what happened because he kept running so um yeah so get insurance (laughs) just just for Uh your sake so (laughs) yeah like i we just like we just took our dog to the vet he's prone to ear infections Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, sure enough, he had yet in doubt a year infection. The vet bill was like over a thousand dollars. Yeah. We turned it in. We got written back a check for like nine hundred dollars, and we were like, "Sweet, thanks." Exactly. So you know, at the end of the so, day, it's worth it. I'm with you. Yeah. I'll- at the end of the day, whatever monthly <laughs> premium they're charging you, it'll it'll pay up in dividends when you're. It's like three Starbucks, guys. Give up the three Starbucks. Yeah. Just you're fine. just do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but i'm sure we will have you on again if you would love to join us sure absolutely i have so much I more i can um, i can definitely so indulge i can definitely indulge in more information i was like but... we didn't even dive into you running your own business yeah, yeah. oh boy that. isn't that a trip <laughs> but yeah right I, ironic you say that and, and i i think i was almost inspired by you guys as well I will probably start uh, within a month or so uh, my own kind of podcast as well about hey, yeah. Let us know. Uh, we'll link uh, it about <laughs> the uh, the in quotes business of animal rehab when you know front of the house, yeah. back of the house. We're we're too. all for sharing yeah. everybody. So you once so, you do, let us know. Give us the links. We'll but, listen. We'll be all about it. Yeah, but for all the listeners who are still listening, what I would say is, um, you know, uh, animal rehab has definitely grown. There's definitely resources out there. There's three places you can go now, uh, you know, within your budget. Nothing is ever covered by financial aid or anything like that. And some price ranges will mm-hmm. go from $8,000 to $10,000 for a certification. So it's it's a pretty big investment for sure. Um, you got to, you know, I would say you got to love the animals. That's for sure. Uh, you know, you got to be a dog lover, a cat lover, you know, uh, those kind of things to really make that kind of investment. And know that uh, in the start, it's not always equivalent to uh, human uh, PT pay. Let's just say that. 
Well, that, it's funny because I feel like you, I literally think you're like reading my mind right now because my big thing is I was going to ask you what's the big advice that you would give someone. And then I did, out of curiosity, was wondering kind of what's the pay range for that? You know, it does, can you build up to human? Because let's be honest, humans are going to usually pay yeah. a little bit more for their health over animals. But, and again, um, you know, the opportunities for PTAs are very slim. I can tell you that because right now, even vet practices that are doing rehab, whether they have a, a vet or a PT, I can tell you not many have PTAs. I can tell you it's a, it's a mm-hmm. one, one digit percentage at most. Um, so for PTAs looking into it, um, I can tell you, I'm always looking for a PTA, but uh, <laughs> I can always, I can always <laughs> use got more you. practitioners. Got you. Yeah, I can always use more <laughs> practitioners. Um, but you know, if, if a PTA really wants to get into it, uh, you gotta find a PT that really wants to get into it or a vet that really wants to get into it and then move forward. Because, uh, if you do it, that investment that you've done, there's not a lot of job, uh, openings for PTAs just yet anyway. Um, so, yeah. uh, if you're going to start your own business or have the opportunity to do that, then go full tilt, you know, go for it. Um, but with that being said, yeah, you really have to either talk to a vet or a PT that is is now interested in, you know, um, animal rehab and, then, and then move forward from there. I know Canine Rehab Institute won't even take PTs unless they have like a signed letter from a PT or vet that's saying that they're going to be working with them. So, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I kind of get that because it's a huge, yeah, it's a, it's a huge yeah. investment, and there's like I said, there's not a lot of job opportunities out there. So, you know, I I I don't know if they've had a history of that where they've had like, okay, now now what do I do when these PTAs were done? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just it's for a PTA, it's tough, unfortunately. But there's there's definitely uh, ways to go about it's it. It's growing though. Yeah, there's definitely ways and to go. And it's growing about too. Definitely growing. Absolutely, yeah. there's definitely ways but, to go about it. Perfect. Yeah. So yes, once you once you do that podcast, you start that. You let us know. We'll, we'll link it. Yeah, it's it's a, um, it, it's a working it. title, the business of animal rehab. So we'll see. <laughs> okay, we're down but again. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no, thank um, you for having me. I'm sure we'll try to get you on again to kind of even dive deeper into the owning of the business because oh, I've got trillion questions that, on that. That's a whole nother level for sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, we really, really appreciate it, and thank you guys for sticking around listening. Uh, don't forget to check out our Instagram and um, we'll kind of link some of your information down there. Cool, thank you. And then also some uh, on this podcast. So if you guys have any questions, uh, reach out and then we'll also pass them off to Anthony. If you would like to join us, if you guys got some history or background in a very unique field within uh, the PTA, let us know. Um, you know, you can reach out to us via Instagram, via our email. We are always loving to have guests on here and learning a little bit more about our field and how it is growing in different ways um, um, i also wanted to mention the the discord and anthony if you're always interested um so we have a pta discord that our, a friend of ours runs um it's just a whole bunch of ptas they kind of just get together bounce ideas um you're welcome to join that way they can pick your brain a little yeah, bit very more cool. yep. um but we'll have links yeah. for that as well down below Perfect. And again, thank you, everybody. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.